Welcome, Dennis, to the IT for All podcast. Thanks for being here this week. Yeah, thanks for being here as well. Yeah, it's great to have you. Um, some exciting stuff I know we have planned to chat about, but I wanted to start this off by having you give a quick introduction about yourself and the company to our audience. Yeah, well, I'm uh, Dennis Kolbeck. I am located in Hamburg in Germany. And from my, my background, I'm since I think 12 years already right now that I'm doing IoT started with this industry 4.0 topic uh, a couple of years ago, cyber physical systems, edge devices nowadays, IoT, industrial IoT, the major topic. That's my background. I had good luck uh, by the time I was well, did my PhD in one of the birthplaces of IIoT and Industry 4.0. So I really learned it hands-on, different perspectives, technology, as well as in consulting and also using that technology, of course. And nowadays, I'm Chief Product Officer at Digimondo. Uh, try to keep, I try to keep it short what Digimondo is doing. We are a software company, seven years old, started with uh, LoRaWAN protocol located in Germany and uh, Germany in Hamburg as well. And we are focusing on providing a LoRaWAN IoT platform or not only LoRaWAN, uh, generally open technology platform, IoT platform to connect the IoT world with the IT world. And I think that's one of the big challenges we are seeing right now at our customers. Let me ask you this. So what, throughout your time in the IoT space and um, what, what have been kind of some of the biggest I guess, evolutions of things you've noticed happen in this space. Um, and just, just kind of from where you started to where you are now, what are some of the big trends that you've noticed kind of take shape or evolve? I think in, in general, I would say there have been three big phases. Uh, the first big phase was more when it was a, a buzzword, a research topic, and everybody was asking, what is IoT? What are we talking about? And so on. Everybody was curious, had these huge vision, uh, visions of, sensors everywhere, everything is connected, ubiquitous computing and everything that. And after this, the big next phase, um, that was more the time where I've been the last years involved with was uh, telling the people what really IoT is, what IoT is capable of, what are the advantages, how it works, explaining the technology. That's one big thing Digimondo did in the years, first years with the customers, explaining, for example, what LoRaWAN is, what narrowband IoT is, how it works, how to connect things building up the tools, the hardware as well as software um, was, was this big second phase until it all came to a high level of maturity from the hardware and software side. We have really good tools nowadays. And then since two or three years, we see a change in the IoT world. People are not talking about the technology itself anymore and asking, yeah, what is this protocol? How does it work? Uh, and so on. And it's more focusing on the use cases. What, what problems in my daily life can I solve and why is IoT the better solution than, for example, doing it still paper-based manually and so on. And that's the new phase we are right now in at least what we observe at our customers and notice ourselves. Um, it's more about the use cases and rolling out IoT uh, out of these playground POCs, proof of concept projects into large-scale rollouts. One big thing, I think, since two years. It's been interesting to see the focus of companies or uh, shifting a focus from technology to more solutions and more use cases, more actually applications of the technology. Um, are you seeing any use cases uh, kind of leading the way with, with, the, with how things evolve from more proof of concept projects into large scale rollouts for businesses? Um, yeah, I've seen uh, some new use cases coming up with a whole discussion about sustainability and how we can save CO2 and energy in general, especially in Europe coming up these topics. 
Um, I have to say our background is mostly we are working with customers in the utility sectors, um, caring for power networks and so on, as well as also industries. Um, and one of the biggest news, uh, new use cases in the last year especially was uh, monitoring your energy grid. And that's one thing, especially in Germany, becoming important, but also in other countries as well. With the upcoming solar panels, e-mobility, uh, renewable energies in general, wind power and so on, you have many new partners contributing to the energy network, consuming more energy and providing more energy. And that leads to the point that companies are asking, is my power network still capable of managing all these different partners in there? And IoT is a really good uh, technology in there. You have a widespread power net. You can't be everywhere at the same time. So sensors and IoT is one solution to monitor it and get the data to forecast uh, power supply and power consumption, uh, the need for, for power. That was one big use case is coming out, especially the last year we've observed in the utility sector and in the uh, industry sector. One thing, uh, I think since two years, we noticed that asset management or asset tracking um, um, became more and more relevant in the industry sector. Due to the fact it's nothing new, this use case tracking your utilities, your containers, where are they worldwide? Um, uh, it's nothing new, but now we have better technologies, more reliable technologies to really see where is my asset right now located. Let me ask you this: with the kind of the evolution of companies moving more from proof of concepts into scaled rollouts these days, what are some of the challenges that are now becoming kind of top of mind for organizations because scale is more? possible than it has been before. I mean, obviously, focusing on ROI is super important, right? You're getting different people using technologies. But where do you see kind of the biggest challenges uh, existing for companies that are adopting these solutions? Yeah, the one thing um, already three or four years ago, what we've noticed, and I think you mentioned, managed, uh, mentioned it, there's a new group of customers or users using IoT. So we all are a bit more tech-oriented, started a couple of years ago and got into this technology, and now everybody's using IoT, and maybe sometimes with a little uh, technology background, and that's also not needed because you want to solve your daily problem. If you're an accountant, you want to solve your accounting problem and not care about the technology. So there's a new user group on the one hand that wants to use IoT, and it must be really easy to use. Otherwise, the people get frustrated. Think about your grandma, your uh, grandfather using IoT. They don't want to care about if the battery level is low or not. So it must be really easy, especially the user interfaces you're providing to the people. Uh, that was, for example, one of the reasons why we introduced the digital twin for IoT into our platform to make it easy for these group of users, these new group of users. That's from the user perspective. Another perspective that changes with these rollout is that IoT is not working in a bubble anymore. Uh, most of the projects, uh, let's say five to 10 years ago, have been projects in an isolated bubble, proof of concept project. IoT worked for itself. It wasn't connected to the outside world. But as soon as you go into a rollout, you need to interact and exchange information with existing systems, legacy systems in your company in your organization. For example, from the ERP system, you want to receive some meta information about uh, the machine. From uh, a billing system, you need customer information for providing uh, metering data. So the IoT world is connecting with the existing IT world, and that makes, makes it a lot of more challenging for uh, people doing these projects to fully understand the landscape, uh, fully understand the different protocols, how it integrates everything. And on this, it's one thing we are currently working on to provide uh, 
not an IoT platform, but more an integration platform to bring these two worlds together and make it easy. This typical problem existing since 20 years, transforming data into each other. Obviously, when we think of IoT companies, we'll talk about IT and OT and kind of the combination of those. But when we're thinking about IoT solutions being integrated into legacy IT environments, how does a company approach that? How do you plan for bringing IoT into your business? How do you get them to work together nicely? Like, what, what, what has to go into that? With our companies, we always recommend, or with our, to our customers, we always recommend to still start small and iterate and scale up by this. I think that's nothing new. Everybody's doing it. But some people try to skip this scaling up phase and directly don't go into this rollout. But it means, in general, um, for example, that if you're having a project and want to monitor your, your energy net, your power supply net, you start with a little uh, um, uh, stations where, where you put sensors, like 5 to 10 or up to 30 then. And then you extend, scale up to 200 machines, for example, in industry or on the power net, power, state, power supply stations. And then you scale up for 2,000 and even bigger. So it's on the one end, scaling up, not being too fast. There are so many tiny things that can go wrong, and unfortunately, they will go wrong, and you need to handle these things. That's the, the one big thing, still thinking and iteration, scaling up. The other point is always about the, uh, the integration, the interfaces you have on different software systems, the data you use. Uh, are they in the same format? Does the ERP system, uh, is the ERP system able to work with the data coming from an IoT platform? And one thing we noticed there, the biggest challenge in there is uh, that usually you can't change your existing IT landscape. These are sometimes systems 10, 15 years old. Maybe the developer is not available anymore or it costs a million or even more to change the interfaces. So one approach we are following is that we try to transform the data into a format that the target system can work with it. So the existing systems don't have to adapt. We try to do as much as possible with our tools um, and with a project team together that we try to adapt to the existing landscape and not try to force the other way around. Here's a tool and now you need to adapt everything else. One of the things I was reading about kind of what you all do is try to really help companies get to a point where um, you can be more technology agnostic. What, is, what does that exactly mean? Um, yeah, with the techno uh, technology agnostic approach, that was one thing that we noticed that on the one hand, from the IoT perspective, there's not the one and only protocol anymore. It's not like we started with LoRaWAN. Everybody was talking about LoRaWAN. But there are use cases where you want to use narrowband IoT. For the same thing, you want to measure a temperature maybe which is outside your LoRaWAN network, where you simply say it doesn't make sense to extend the network. Let's take a narrowband IoT. Or other protocols you want to use because for these use cases, it's simply the best technology. So you need to find an approach that you can implement all these different technologies, all the different protocols into one system and use them for one of the same use case, use different uh, protocols. Um, one example from, from industries, if you're doing asset tracking, you not only want to know where the location of your asset is, but maybe you also want to know uh, the humidity or the temperature or uh, acceleration or something. And for this, maybe you need different protocols and technology. So you want to have everything in one place that's from the IoT perspective where we simply say technology agnostic. We must be open to different technologies because the use case defines what technology to use. And same also to the IT landscape. There are so many protocols. Uh, you can't know them all, but if you are aware that in the future there will be many new protocols, you can position yourself and uh, the back end, the software back and develop it in a way that you can say, okay, we are open for the future. We don't know the future yet. 
but we can adapt to these upcoming protocols and technologies quickly. That's what, what we follow with the idea of technology agnostic. No matter what technology it is, we try to handle it. We can handle it uh, in a way. And the use case defines what, you know, what's the best technology to use. So let me ask you, for companies that you work with, or I assume it's going to require you to gather a decent amount of domain understanding, domain knowledge about the industry they work in to help build a solution that solves the problems for themselves and the end user or their customers, right? Um, for companies that are listening to this, I'm sure they all are in a, or a lot of them are in a similar boat where in order to sell into a particular industry, it's important to understand the industry as well as you possibly can without obviously being in that industry every day. So how do you, how do, how can companies go about getting more domain knowledge in order to succeed with developing a solution that has a, that is more targeted or more, or is built more, I guess, correctly or accurately for that intended end user, which may be an industry that you've never worked in yourself. Yeah, you mentioned one important point with this new phase we are in with IoT right now. You need domain knowledge. That's you, simply one of the prerequisition or requirements you need to have in this. And that's one thing companies are handling differently. In our case, we, for example, have a quite large project manager team who is into the utility sector. That's one of the major markets we are uh, uh, active in. And they can support our customers, take them by their hand, and they can recommend the right technology on the one hand and pre-configure the system and train the users uh, how to use our, our product in this case. So that on the one hand, this gap between domain knowledge and technology knowledge is, is covered by project managers who are on the one hand in the domain, but on the other hand know what the tool is capable of. That's the one thing we have on this uh, on our uh, how we are handling it and how we try to, to uh, help our customers on it. And on the other hand, what we see at our customer base is that more and more companies are building up tech teams that have these basic mm, technology knowledge, uh, where at least one person, the project team on the customer side is, is deep enough into the technology that we can speak on the same level, as well as knowing the customer domain. But in general, I totally agree with you. The domain knowledge is one of the biggest things and, and, and domains where we are highly active in. That's one thing our uh, project managers are doing. And then the other domains, uh, for example, a customer from a new domain is coming towards us. Um, that's simply the point where you need a project team, which is openly working together. Although it's a supplier uh, and customer relationship, you always have to think as a team, act as a team. And the pain point of the one uh, one person is maybe the thing the other person can solve so we need to talk openly and I'm pretty proud of, of Digimon that that's one thing we reached in our community with our customers. We usually have a lot of customer days over the year. For example, last year in, in December we had one customer day where we bring them all together and the one is showing best practices, the other one showing latest developments. We have a long evening uh, event where we are not only just sitting together and doing small talk, but exchanging ideas, what's going on. We're doing a study on what are the most important use cases for, for our domains recommended on the one hand. And on the other hand, people are showing their best practices to really push forward this knowledge exchange, uh, exchange. That's one thing I think 10 years ago we started with it in IoT and we have to keep it uh, this approach. The more people can understand exactly what's not just the end user, right, like we're talking about, but just all the different elements of it, the more informed buyers and adopters are, the better everything's going to be kind of across the board for all of us. Um, and, and one of the things I think that's really interesting about IoT that a lot of maybe other 
technologies or solutions that companies adopt is not really focused on is, uh, I mean, there are SaaS products that are like this, but um, with IoT, one of the real powers of IoT is the ability to develop and launch a use case, but also keeping in mind potential use cases that you would want to build out on top of that with that existing infrastructure that you put in place for the first use case. How how do you how can companies kind of set themselves up to be successful and harness the power of IoT? And the reason I bring that up is because, like for instance, you deploy a, deploy a LoRa network on a campus, but it's and you're using it for one use case. It you once you have that installed, you're you can easily consider and think about other use cases that you can use that existing LoRa network for to build new use cases and expand the capabilities of kind of that initial investment. So. How can companies really set themselves up to succeed with multiple use cases, which is one of the real you know, big powers of, of IoT solutions at times? The biggest dilemma in IoT, uh, to start IoT, you always need a bigger investment into technology infrastructure first, and you need to justify this investment, of course. And most of the times, or many cases, it's not just one use case which brings up the return on invest for the whole infrastructure. You need to do a couple of use cases, but these use cases you don't know yet, so you can name them and calculate them. And uh, I've seen a, in the last 10 years, I've seen it in every domain, it worked the same way. As soon as you set up IoT and trained the people in the com uh, company, even the company on uh, with uh, the people in the company with no knowledge about IoT suddenly come up with ideas like, well, can't we measure this or that as well? That would help save me half a day a week if I can simply measure it. And this is one dilemma we have in IoT to justify the investment, although we don't know what we are going to do in the future yet, but we know there will be something. And um, for this, if you want to start your IoT campaign, it's important to pick up one use case where you are really convinced that that will solve the problem. It can be something given by law. You need to ensure by law that it works or it doesn't work. Uh, for example, uh, I don't know, measuring water quality or product quality itself. It can be something which improves your sales, uh, your revenues, a new offering, a service model you're offering through IoT, or it can be something that saves you money. But you must have one use case where, where you are convinced and the management board is convinced that this will bring you forward and at least justifies a larger amount of the investment, initial investment. And then you, uh, you have to start and make a shortlist or create a brainstorming, create a list with use cases, what else you want to solve, and then it's simply prioritizing. You have 10 ideas and bring them in an order. What could be the next use case, which is most valuable for your company? Then pick this one up, go deeper, solve it or reject it, take the second one and the same, so on, so on. The important thing is it's IoT is not just one project that starts and ends one day. It's one thing, uh, it's one thing you have to do continuously. You're doing the one use case and then you're doing the next use case. And after the third use case, you already have 30 new ideas you can solve. So it needs to be something continuously. And then it really justifies the investment costs you have in IoT, these initial costs for the platform. It's something that when when you talk to somebody who comes to, you know, a buyer that comes in and says, hey, I'm looking to have you help me track some of my assets. And then you start to open their mind up to all the capabilities of not just the technologies can do and the solution can do, but also the new use cases that you can kind of tack on to this over time to continue to optimize and improve processes you know, show more ROI basically from the investment. Um, it really starts to showcase the power of of what you know IoT really is all about, and that's really and it's a really exciting kind of thing to to talk to people about for sure. 
Last week, we've been on an exhibition in Germany, quite the, the largest exhibition for utilities. And we had many conversations which worked similar. They asked, what can I do with it? And we offered them, okay, start with low power uh, grid monitoring. It's one thing I mentioned in the beginning, the biggest case right now. And through the discussion, we noticed, well, if I already have this infra infrastructure, I can also monitor humidity on, uh, in that area, or I can monitor the water level because we have very often floods. And every time we came to the conclusion, okay, that's pretty easy. Measuring water level, it's pretty easy. Just one sensor because the whole infrastructure exists. It's just placing the sensor two clicks in the system. Then you can monitor it as well. And by this, um, you find so many use cases. And especially in larger companies, one of the uh, key points is that you, IoT shouldn't just be in one department. You need to show your solution. What did you do to other departments and bring the departments together? Again, what I said before, work as a team with everybody. Be open. Uh, other teams also have use cases where they always said, okay, IoT doesn't, it's not the investment worth, but together, if we both work together and share the investment, it's always worth it. Dennis, thank you so much for taking the time. Um, for our audience out there who wants to learn more about what you all have going on or follow up on any topics from this conversation, what's the best way they can do that? Different ways we have, of course, visit our uh, homepage, digimondo.com, for example, where we have a blog on there with news about latest use cases or customer uh, service and so on. And we are regularly publishing some updates on LinkedIn on the Digimondo profile, or you visit my profile. And if you want to have a deeper talk, contact me, Digimondo. Uh, we're sharing, we are proud to share our knowledge because in the end, I think the IoT market is so big and we have to work together. We need to share our knowledge. Otherwise, we won't manage to, to bring it forward. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, no, it's a great ecosystem to kind of work together, share knowledge, partner, those kinds of things. So totally agree with you. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for the time. Really appreciate it and excited to get this out to our audience. Yeah, thanks a lot for being here.